Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Jay and Samara, who are the hosts of the popular YouTube channel, Trailer Cash Academy. In this episode, you'll learn about how to invest in mobile homes, and we'll learn how it's one of the best ways to get into real estate investing with relatively low risk. You don't need a lot of capital to invest in this niche, and by listening to this whole episode, you'll see what a typical deal looks like and how much you can profit from each deal. So if you're interested in starting a real estate investing business, with little to no money in a super unique niche that you need to listen to this episode. This episode is sponsored by Conventus Lending. Conventus is a hard money lender based in San Francisco that services over 30 states across the nation. So if you're interested in getting a bridge loan for your fix and flip projects or for a long-term loan for your rental projects, then feel free to schedule a call with me. My link can be found down in the description below. And now let's hop into the interview. Okay, Jay and Samara, I'm super excited to have you guys on the show today. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know who Jane Samir are, they are the host of uh, Trailer Cash Academy, and they're big stars on YouTube. And before I introduce them some more, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do. Yeah, I'm um, Jay. This is my beautiful wife, Samir Harvey. What we do is invest in mobile homes throughout the country. But uh, what we tailor to is new uh, real estate investors and how to teach them how to close their first deal using mobile home. So we've got a lot of students throughout the country. It's been a blast helping a bunch of individuals close their first deal. And uh, we're just getting started. Yeah. And I'll just add on there, you know, a lot of people like mobile homes, you know, it's something that not a lot of people talk about. We end up using very similar strategies to real estate, but just with personal property and mobile home parks. So we'll get into more of that, I'm sure on the interview, but just wanted to give you that. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you guys on. So how did you guys even get started in real estate investing? We're kind of both serial entrepreneurs. I mean, we've done a little bit of everything. We were doing personal training and photography and network marketing. Crazy rap things. And all, <laughs> the list goes on. Crazy. So, uh, you know, started, stopped a lot of businesses. I was actually scrolling on Facebook and I found a ad for a Rich Dad seminar. And I had just read the book. We had just both read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And we're like, man, we could really see ourselves getting into real estate. So uh, we went to the conference, super inspired. We didn't know people were doing that in real estate. And so we jumped in. We were like, we're doing this. We're going to tag team this business. And, and you want to get into the beginning yeah. <laughs> of our journey? Yeah, man. We um, uh, got into um, our first two uh, real estate deals. Um, the first one was a burnout home. So this home, you walked into it. It's in the south side of Phoenix. You can literally walk in, see the sky. It was literally burnt out. We invested about $60,000 into this home. And it, we thought this home was going to make a profit within three to four months. Little did we know it would take 15 months for us to make a profit. In between that time, though, we also um, met with a mentor that we met at a local RIA. We thought this guy was like a father figure to us. He was doing a lot of like driving for dollars with them, you know, learning the ropes. And we decided to invest in a deal that he presented to us about $30,000 into this deal. We're very green. You know, we did not do our due diligence. This home was actually being foreclosed on. So, you know, at that point, you know, we're still out the 60, we're out the 30. So it's like $90,000 just gone. We're like, man, like what's going on? Like, why did we do this? We were just okay with our nine to five. Maybe we made a mistake. However, you know, we were in a really dark place. Luckily, we had some really great friends that just kept presenting opportunities for us to learn. We ended up getting invited to, I got invited to a uh, seminar. There was this older guy there. He was about 80 years old, but he was talking about 
all these different mobile home deals that he was doing. He was generating somewhere between twenty dollars to $30,000 a month using any of his own money. If he was no more than $5,000. So, you know, I was hyped. I got this information, ran home to Samara, like, yo, we have to do this. This, I think this is a way for us to get up out of this hole. But when I mentioned mobile homes, she was like, what? No. Trailer trash. <laughs> Hell no. Mobile no. You know? We lost all that money already. Heck no. <laughs> so um, what we decided to do was just like, hey, you know, let's research. We did a bunch of research, took a lot of time to really see the opportunity in, in this. And thankfully, you know, she came aboard and up to this point, we've done over 400 mobile home deals. But I think our most important milestone is helping thousands of students across the country really get started, get their feet wet with um, mobile home investing. That's an amazing story. And I'm so glad that you were able to take that negativity, but instead of just give up, like I think most people would, you somehow managed to continue. And even though you saw an opportunity that seemed very out of left field, right? And mobile homes, right? You still decided that it's worth giving it a shot. Like how were you able to pivot while you were still in the hole for 90,000? Don't most people want to kind of like recover first and stay in bed for a little bit and then go pursue something else? I mean, yeah, I mean, it hit us hard. We were, we were definitely felt that one, especially when we lost the 30,000 and we really, we knew that money wasn't going to come back. But I think it was, you know, Jay always says this, we learned our way into this situation. I know we can learn our way out and, you know, just calculating, hey, if we have to pay back $90,000 using our nine to five income, how long is that going to take? It just was like, there's no way we can just sit here and feel bad for ourselves we've got to figure out a way to make it happen where we can create the lifestyle that we're dreaming of yeah we had a choice at that point like hey we can sit here and not pivot and just wait years and years and years trying to pay everything off just with our nine to fives or we can um, leverage all the resources that we've been able to obtain just by learning putting ourselves in the right positions with the right people take another risk and banking ourselves and you know we chose option two yeah, that's a great way to think about it. And how come you guys were in Phoenix? Are you guys based in that area? Yeah, we were actually, I mean, Jay was in the military. We met in, in Florida, but we had family in Phoenix and we thought that was a great stepping stone to get to where we're at now, which is California. So, you know, it wasn't really for mobile home investing is why we were in Phoenix. It's more to be closer to family, but it just worked out that it's a great market for mobile homes and real estate and a great place to build a business. And can you talk about those 15 months where you were in the hole for 60,000? Like, what was that like? And what were you guys doing during that time? I want to focus on the challenges. The challenges was really the trust on our marriage. I think our marriage for us is our foundation. However, at that point in time, that was the toughest challenge that have came our way. So it took a lot for us just to get back on the same page to the point that we trusted each other and then even trusted, you know, other people around us. So we were dealing with that we were also dealing with a bunch of uncertainty like we were kind of like second guessing i know for myself my own existence like what's the what's the point am i really meant to be an investor am i doing too much should i just sit at my job because both of our jobs were pretty cush at the time you know we could have just sat back and relaxed and then just physically you know i stopped working out stopped eating on time like a lot of the 
the negativity was really, really starting to eat eat me up, I think, for, for you as well. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, tough to know what the next move was because mm -hmm. we not only did we not trust ourselves, yeah. you know, we didn't trust each other. We didn't yeah. trust any other mentors. So yeah. it was kind of like a lot of pretty stressful just to kind of be out there trying to figure it out. And we felt really alone at the time. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, once we discovered mobile homes and we started actually closing deals on our own and we saw that the power of how quick these deals can be done, you know, the ROIs on them, we were like, okay, this is like a, a light for us. This is like something that we can work towards and we can really see ourselves getting out of the home. Yeah, there was a, a long period during that 15 months, I would say closer to the back end maybe around month six or seven, all the way up to the 15th month where we just were in a mindset of sacrificing, sacrificing time, energy, even more money, all these different resources to learn our way again out of that hole that we put a, a, put ourselves in. So it went from like this negative victim mindhood to mindset to more so being, hey, I'm going to be victorious, but I'm just going to trust in this process. And man, thank goodness we just bet on ourselves and did that. That's great. You know, the reason why I asked this question isn't to kind of harp on the negativity, but personally, you guys don't know me that well, but I have a project very similar to this. I've been in for 24 months and I know exactly what you're talking about, especially with COVID right now, we're kind of stuck at home and the negativity can build up, but it's so great that you guys found another outlet. Now, when you decided that you want to go into mobile homes, what did you do? What was the first step? The first step for us was educating ourselves. So, you know, like Samara said, it was hard for us to trust other people. So it wasn't just like, oh man, we need to go and find a mentor. Even though right now we know that's the fastest route to getting to the goal that you want. But we started doing a bunch of just YouTube university, learning it ourselves. I was attending a lot of the meetups that the older gentleman was still uh, presenting each week. And then, you know, we got to a point where it's just like, man, there's just too much information. I feel like we're wasting our time in order to get us out of this hole, we're going to have to trust someone. So we found maybe two or three people. We put them through a vetting process that we created. And we finally hired the, the right mentor and that changed the game for us. Definitely. Yeah. And then we, you know, with that help and with the research that we did, we finally had confidence to start getting out there, looking for properties, making offers and like really getting into it. But it took us a minute to just like, okay, what is this all about? At the time, there was very, very little information about mobile home investing online. So, you know, we were really digging <laughs> to, to figure out what this is about and, you know, getting out there, looking at, you know, just driving through some of the communities, just figuring out, you know, we had passed by mobile home parks. I know I had passed by a huge mobile home park every single day on my way from work. Didn't even notice there was mobile homes in there until I was aware of the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And then once you decided to go into it, what were you doing to find deals? Yeah. So one way we were really successful finding opportunities was driving for dollars inside of the mobile home communities, looking for homes that are for sale by owner and speaking with the park managers. And a lot of the times you can bring a lot of value to the parks because they're not in the business of buying and selling the homes. They're in the business of renting the land. And so they really want nothing to do. Most of them want nothing to do with the mobile home itself. That's all put on the owners. And a lot of the owners don't have, there's just not a lot of people out there helping them. So coming to the park managers, looking for vacancies, looking for people that really need our help. It was really successful in the beginning as well. Also, you know, we still made a lot of connections and the real estate side. So what we were doing was connecting with the realtors we knew, also the um, real estate investors we knew that were doing single family homes that were coming across mobile home leads, had no use for them 
or didn't know what to do with them. We started partnering with them on those leads. So that's kind of how we find our first few deals. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's hard for a real estate agent to even sell mobile homes uh, because it's not catered to, I guess, the average consumer. And when you were driving through these communities looking for for sale by owners, would those people just have like signs on their door saying that this property is for sale by owner? Yeah, most of the time you'll see like a for sale by owner sign. So those are the easy go-tos. But sometimes we would even go a little bit deeper. You'll find people doing like yard sales and things like that. We figured a lot of those people that were doing these yard sales, they were, you know, looking to move into a new home or a new apartment. So we found a lot of deals that way as well. And how much money do you think you need to get started to invest in mobile homes? Really, what we've learned is you don't need any money. We have no money down strategies, just like real estate has, uh, where you can, you know, basically utilize your knowledge and your service to help a client find a buyer and like collect a fee in between. However, you know, depending on your market, most of the mobile homes that we would actually buy were under $5,000. So it really just depends on the market. California is a little bit different. You know, the price points of mobile homes are not typically under $5,000 in most cities, but you can still get those deals done with those no money down strategies. But of course there's, you know, cost of operating your business, specifically marketing and marketing materials. So we've seen students get deals and get started with as little as 500 bucks. And that's like 500 bucks by doing a direct mail campaign? Mostly it's getting out there like gas, fuel, utilizing like um, flyer materials, hosting, advertising yourself like AI by mobile homes. We've seen people boosting uh, digital ads like on Facebook and um, online sites. So just really getting your marketing message out there. We've seen most of the people, most of the funding at $500 go towards that. That's interesting. And you said you can buy a mobile home for just $5,000. That's crazy. Uh Less yeah. than that, sometimes even a dollar. Yeah, yeah. we've gotten- A dollar? Free, yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot literally. of people. Free. <laughs> there, there are some people that um, have literally been like, hey, you know, I've been, you know, not able to pay my lot rent for two or three months. I've got some type of financial burden going on where I will literally just give you my home for free. As long as you can take this lot rent responsibility out of my name, I have nothing that I want of the home. Also, there's times where, you know, people are just fed up with the park. They don't plan on paying the park anymore. They know they're going to lose the home to the community and they'd rather give it to somebody else versus letting the park get it for free. Yeah, there's a a lot of situations where people, um, especially if there's like a mobile home on land and, you know, they just, they're, they're looking to do a development project or build their home there. They just want it gone. So those are some of our bread and butter deals too. You know, just a lot of people don't really understand the values of the homes, but also like Jay said, they're motivated financially or from the park management. And if you're thinking about sellers, like most of them are uneducated on what their home is worth or even the process of selling the home. You know, it's different from single family homes where they know they can go, you know, and call a realtor or, you know, they can even sell it themselves. There's so many like online options for them as well. But when it comes to mobile homes, people are just really stuck out here guessing. So it's your strategy to then like buy the property and then rehab the interior and then sell it to a consumer on like the same lot, or do you just take that home and then, I don't know, take it somewhere on a truck somewhere to put on some other lot? So we have multiple strategies. When we first got started, we were doing a lot of the fix and flip the fix and flip strategies we buy, fix and resell. We would either resell it for cash and make a quick profit, or we would um, sell or finance it and take payments over time, which is really, really popular in this niche because people need affordable housing. It's like the whole 
big thing is that there's not enough affordable housing out there. And if you can offer financing to families, that can really, really help someone out. Um, but over time, we learned, you know, how to uh, wholesale these properties, broker them, move them. And a lot of those are the zero, the no money down strategies that we, we teach our students so that they don't necessarily have to buy and fix a home. That takes a special skill. It takes an investment of money and time energy that maybe as you're learning, could, you could get started with maybe some of the no money down strategies and get deals done a lot faster. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess, you know, a question I was going to ask you guys is that, Typically, when people buy a fix and flipper or a fix and flip, they use hard money loans to put down you know, 20% and then the hard money lender comes in with whatever funds to help them do the rehab. But hard money lenders typically do not fund mobile homes. I guess there's more reliability there. You don't own the actual land, so it can get foreclosed on by the lot. So, but since you're buying for 5,000 bucks, I guess you guys don't really need financing. You guys just do everything in cash. Yeah, for the yeah. most part, unless you're buying like in bulk or in volume, if it's just, you're just starting out and doing one or two deals, for the most part, great thing about mobile homes is we're not going in needing, you know, $10,000, dollars $30,000 for a rehab because we're not fixing these homes up to HGTV standard. Um, we're just going in making sure like the AC is good to go, the subflooring, the electrical, the plumbing, the roofing are all in like an adequate state. All the cosmetic repairs, a lot of these buyers, if you're selling the home for the right price, they'll go in there and make all the cosmetic repairs themselves. We've sold plenty of homes where, you know, there's holes in the walls or busted off doorknobs or, you know, the sink looked, you know, kind of like janky, like the sink should, should be replaced. Maybe the carpet has some stains on there. We're just making sure the sub flooring is good versus the carpet. If you're selling it for the right price, a buyer will look at that price point you're selling at and like, man, this is a bargain. Uh, they've actually left me a lot of room to go in here and make the home like how I want to make it. And um, it works out for everybody. What are the typical numbers involved in a mobile home transaction? So it really depends on the strategy that you use, right? So we'll, we'll give you a couple like, you know, a fix and flip strategy. Typically, we like to buy low, obviously, something that's distressed in a, a little bit, but still is structurally sound. We don't want to have to rebuild a whole mobile home. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to do that. So let's just say we purchased a property for $5,000. We really don't want to put more than $5,000 into that property. That would be the max repair costs that we would um, want to spend. So let's just say we're all in for $10,000 on this mobile home, but we know the value is anywhere between twenty dollars to $30,000. We would end up selling it for, you know, a little bit below market, we'll say $18,000. But the great thing is that when you sell it a little bit below the market value, because it does need some repairs, you can flip it really fast. And a lot of these deals we can get done in under 30 days. Wow. So quick returns really fast on a fix and flip. And in a wholesale deal or some sort of, you know, brokering deal, we would pick up the property, let's just say for $5,000, that same property, but we wouldn't put any money into the repairs. We would sell it more as a handyman special or something that someone else can fix up. And maybe we would sell it for 13,000 very quickly. Wholesale deals usually take under 30 days as well because you're not doing any repairs and whoever's buying it will actually fix it up and they'll either live in it or they'll try to resell it for more profit. And then there's even like buy and hold deals where you might buy a home for, you know, $5,000. You might put, you know, one or $2,000 um, into that home as far as repair work. So you're all in for seven, including the lot rent that you'll have to pay, or sometimes no lot rent if you're able to negotiate that with the park manager. So if you're all in for 7,000, we've done plenty of deals where we were able to get a deposit of six or $7,000 
and end up selling that home for anywhere upwards of twenty-eight dollars to $38,000, depending on the condition and the size, as well as the condition of the park. You guys are probably averaging around $10,000 per deal. Is that something that sounds yeah, about right? I would say on average, that's our average profit. It just really depends on the strategy and, you know, every, there's a wide variety of the market and everything yeah. like that. In California, the numbers are typically a little bit bigger because the numbers are bigger, right? Like the cost of the homes are bigger than other markets. But I would say anywhere between five to $10,000 is average profit per deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I remember you were saying that one of the reasons why they would give you their home is because they owe back rent to the lot. What kind of number is that? Like how much do you think they usually owe to the lot? Yeah, usually it's about somewhere between two to three months past due lot rent. Sometimes the park manager will let it go for as long as five or six months, but typically from what we've seen, it's usually two to three months, you know, and this all depends on, you know, what part of the country you're in, in terms of lot rent, where our bread and butter deals are out in Phoenix, Arizona. Lot rent is usually somewhere between, you know, 500 to 700 bucks. So, you know, you might end up coming out of pocket anywhere from 1500 to 2100 dollars as far as past due lot rent. Sometimes you're able to negotiate that and only end up paying, you know, one month of lot rent if you decide to leave the home in the community. But even if you had to pay one month of lot rent, 500 to 700 bucks, you're still able to get that home for free. You turn around and sell that home for even $7,000. It's a great return on your investment. Absolutely. I mean, I've never heard of anyone getting properties for free, especially <laughs> if you only have to pay one month's worth of lot rent. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, man. It's crazy out here. Um, one of our students, they literally just found a mobile home on land. They purchased this home for $18,000. And in less, less than 24 hours, they literally just moved money. They were able to sell the home for $28,000 just really, really quick. I'm sorry, $38,000 really fast. So they made $20,000 in less than 24 hours. That's amazing. Do you know how he was able to get that purchase price so quickly? They were actually working with this client for a while. So the actual transaction took place really fast, but they were working with this client for a few months. She's got a development project going on on her land and she didn't know how to actually like unaffix the property, how to get the title to the home, how to get all the paperwork she needed from her bank, her mortgage company. So our students was able to come in and really pretty much help her out, pretty much get her what she was asking for, very close to what she was asking for, for her home. I believe she was initially asking for somewhere around $23,000. So we were able to get her closer to $18,000 and get the deal done for her. For her, it was all about, hey, I don't want to do any of this myself. I'd rather you guys do it. You guys know how to move the home. I don't even want to deal with it. So we took that burden off her hands. And also with our buyer, that $38,000 price point was great because homes in similar condition were going somewhere for around $48,000. Wow. And then the buyer was responsible for moving that home to the new lot? Yep. We, we don't typically manage that part of the project because they have the land. They, they know where it's going. We're just responsible for selling the, the home itself. We will recommend them to any movers that we've used in the past any mover, movers in our you know, speed dial list or anything like that, just to help them out. But the, the buyer is responsible for managing and uh, operating that entire move. Yeah. That's so interesting because it's kind of like my situation where I had an Airbnb and we're selling that house now. So now I have all these beds in the home that were pretty new, but, but less than a year ago for a considerable amount of money because I thought I was going to be there for a long time. And then I just don't want the beds, you know? So I'm going to put on Craigslist for less than half price. And yeah. 
you know, I, I don't want them. Let's see what happens. Motivated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a motivated seller. Yeah. <laughs> Take advantage of me. Yeah. <laughs> Get them out of here. We don't want it anymore. Yeah. We went into exactly. that a lot. And then I'll just give you one more example. One of our other students, Kim. So she um, actually got this referral from a park manager and the homeowner, they just needed to move. They needed to move. I think it was, they were moving out of the state and they really did. They told her she could take it for $1, but she gave them $500 anyway. Towards the she, home. Felt bad. she felt bad. She's like, we got, I got to give you something. I <laughs> can't take your home for a dollar. And within a week, she was able to resell that home to a family that wanted to live in that community for $8,000. So those deals happen quite a bit with our students as well. It's just about, you know, knowing and understanding how to find those opportunities. Right. And I know that you guys live in California now, but you were in Phoenix before. What would you recommend for people who are in California, specifically the Bay Area, like most of my listeners are from that, from that area, but we're not going to be able to get mobile homes for a dollar. I don't think it's possible here. I think mobile homes go for about 300,000 here in the Bay Area. So what would you recommend to them? How do they get into this kind of business? I would recommend looking places like Sacramento, more like working class neighborhoods and places like that, because surprisingly, you'll be able to find mobile homes for somewhere around low end, 20,000s, 30,000s, all the way up to, you know, 100, 150, 200,000. So really good range when you start to look in working class neighborhoods, just like where we're at here in Orange County. If you're looking at homes in Irvine or Huntington Beach, or you know Newport Beach, you're not gonna find mobile homes for a dollar. You're gonna find mobile homes for like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. But if you go in working class neighborhoods like you know Anaheim, Santa Ana, or or even uh, Orange, you'll be able to find mobile homes for you know twenty, thirty, eighty thousand dollars. So I would say commute out to those working class neighborhoods and really be open to utilizing the no money strategies that uh, we teach because. It's all about finding buyers that are motivated, whether they want to stay in the retail market or the wholesale market. You want to be able to leverage your time and leverage your knowledge to help them solve their problem and get paid for your efforts. Yeah. And, you know, earlier you mentioned the first no money strategy was to, you know, help them pay back whatever they owe on their rent. I think that works really well for those lower price points, you know, 1000 5000 for the home. But if the home is worth 80000 how do you go about buying a property with no money? So in that situation, we really wouldn't be looking to buy that ourselves. If that home is worth $80,000, most of the time, uh, those sellers, they're not going to be giving you the home away from free because they know how much money they put into it. And um, they, they have a good idea of what their friends' uh, homes are selling for in the community. So in that case, we'll just try to figure out the motivation. We like to focus on sellers that need to sell in 30 days or less. So if they're really motivated, they're not going to hang around for two, three, four months waiting for that $80,000 price point. What we would recommend is, hey, you know, we know that home is worth $80,000. Let's see where they're at. Figure out what their need is. Some of the time, they might be okay just walking away with thirty dollars or $40,000 for the home. You know that home is worth $80,000. Well, then we can still wholesale that, that property. Let's just put it on the market for somewhere around $55,000, maybe even sixty. dollars it's still lower than the 80000 that most buyers are going to pay. You can still make great money, and then the, the seller can walk away with what he or she wants. When you wholesale a mobile home, are you guys putting it on the actual like MLS market, or are you trying to put it on some off-market channels where I guess the seller won't be able to see that? Yeah, oh. yeah we, we don't typically sell our homes on the MLS at all. Um, mobile homes 
personal property is not typically listed there. So we use, I don't know the term you like said. Offline market. Off market, I guess. I don't even know what to call it. Strategies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one of the best places you can go, we don't get paid for this, is uh, MH Village. It's the, um, the largest online buying and selling marketplace of mobile homes. So that's really where people are going versus going to the MLS with mobile homes and parks. You will find mobile homes that are fixed to land that are considered real estate on the MLS, but not necessarily with mobile homes in communities. I see. So that's a good website to go to to sell your property. And I guess it's also a good website to check your comps, right? If you want to know what you can potentially sell it for, go on that website first and then make your offer by backtracking the numbers. Exactly. 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 Yeah. How are you guys operating now, now that you guys live in California? Are you guys still doing business in Phoenix? Yeah, so we're still, we're doing business here in California, Phoenix, and Texas. We utilize a lot of our students' help to help them get their first deals, them, you know, get, learn the process, and we're, we're there to help coach them through the deals. So yeah, we're still operating, we're doing multiple deals in Phoenix and in California, just by utilizing our team. Yeah, what we would like to do is utilize different partnerships and JV agreements where, you know, our responsibility is to uh, generate the leads and then our students act more so as a boots on the ground and we're able to kind of like split the deal based on the amount of work they're putting into it. Yeah, that's great that you have that community that you can work with. Exactly. And uh, you know, it's not just us using it. Our other students, you know, we encourage them to partner with each other to leverage each other's time, knowledge, money, because that's how you're going to grow and scale the fastest. So uh, that's what our whole community is about, is just really helping each other grow. Yeah, one of our coaches in our program, he was able to leverage his knowledge of data and then leverage another coach's knowledge of just being able to negotiate and boots on the ground knowledge. They came together, got a marketing campaign out, their first marketing campaign. They got over 16 opportunities, closed on over eight of those deals. They're consistently putting these deals in the group and made 4,000 a day, 8,000 today, you know, 18,000 on this deal. Right. So it, yeah. <laughs> partner together. We yeah. are better together, y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's really great for my listeners who are based in the Bay Area, who obviously aren't over there. So they can leverage the funds that they have to help them do deals out of state. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We have a lot of students doing that as well. Like if they don't have the time, if, or, but they have the money, they can leverage, you know, someone else in maybe a, a, a market that's, you know, the price points are smaller and they can help them do the deals and fund the deals and still make great returns on their money. So there's a lot of ways to partner together. Mm-hmm. So now that you guys have been doing this for a couple of years, what have you seen to be some risks or potential pitfalls that a new investor may not know going into it? Yeah, I would say a, a new investor may not know this. Like they, they, a lot of them, they, they will listen to podcasts like this, watch YouTube like this and They'll go out there and say, oh, man, free homes, free homes. And then they go and find park managers and park managers offer them this free home. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this is great. They just take anything. I got it for free. They go and, you know, sign on the dotted line saying, hey, I'm responsible for this lot rent until I pay. I'm sorry, until I find a buyer for the home. But, you know, that home that you got for free needs $10,000 or $12,000 worth of work. And if you haven't done actual mobile home rehab in the past or you don't have the right resource or the right team to get that going, you can end up being stuck with that home, with that lot rent, with those repairs until you find a buyer. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. I would say, um, you know, a lot of what we see, and especially seeing our students, a lot of people see that this is 
fast and simple because it really is fast. We have students doing deals in little as hours and the process is simple, but that does not mean it's easy. So some people get into this thinking, hey, I'm just gonna come in and it's gonna be mobile homes everywhere and we're just gonna flip them. No, it's not an easy process. I would say as far as it's not easy to just continue. You have, it takes grit, it takes motivation. You have to really put the work in to get this done. It's just like any other business, any other investment that you have, you have to have the knowledge, the resources, the support to actually get out there, build the confidence and continue to do multiple deals. But once you do it, it becomes very simple and easy. But initially it takes some time and energy to build up that momentum. Yeah, one of our students, man, she's gone through, this is her fifth deal now, where it's literally just like slipped through her fingers, you know, whether the buyer wasn't approved by the park or most of the time with these five deals, the seller just simply, you know, backed out of it. She's had over $31,000 in missed profit opportunity in just uh, 30 days. So, you know, everybody's yeah. journey is different. So, sorry, what happened in that case? Like the seller just backed away last second and the, the yeah. mistake whether they didn't get out under contract or something? So they got it under contract, but the sellers have either, you know, backed out for one reason or another. You know, they've just had a lot of just unfortunate things that have happened in their journey. That's like, they've got the deal, they've got the bar, they're putting everything together and then it just I, doesn't happen. Like the most recent deal, her seller needed to sell very, very fast. He was very motivated. Uh, him and his wife had like put in an offer for a single family home and then come to find out, you know, last minute, you know, their offer, it was accepted at first, but then it declined because they actually had another offer that came through that was higher than theirs. So, you know, not only that, the park had actually raised the rent to $1,800 from $1,700, like literally overnight. So the buyer was pretty much turned off by that. They backed away and now the seller is like, you know, just not motivated anymore. So she already had the buyer locked in, you know, $10,000 profit just gone literally overnight. Yeah. So just, you know, everyone's journey is different. I mean, we've had students that within their first week, they close a deal like that, $10,000. And then we've got other students where it's like, man, like you're so close. Don't, don't quit. You know, these things happen. So, you know, just understanding that it is a process. It is a journey. There is a learning curve that comes with this and, but it's so possible. And, and I think if anyone goes and checks out our YouTube channel, they'll really be able to see the possibilities with mobile home investing. Yeah. I remember your first example, you mentioned that someone might go in and underestimate the rehab costs. And I think that's a common theme across all real estate investing strategies. Like if you're a fixer flipper, a buy and hold investor, or even a mobile multifamily complex investor, right? They all have rehab costs associated to it sometimes. How do you go about finding the right contractors to work on these mobile homes? Because they're not the same as regular homes. No, no, not at all. So first and foremost, we always like to vet them. You want to ask them for experience. We like working with people that's had at least, at the very least, one or two years of experience working specifically in mobile home. Also, you know, we want to make sure that they're at least able to send us any type of license. Like if they're not able to send you their license, a photo ID, chances are you don't want, really want to work with them at all. Also, we're not guaranteeing all the work to one person. We see a lot of new mobile home investors they you know, have six, seven, maybe eight different repairs that's needed in the home. And they give it all to that one handyman just because, oh man, we had a really good interview. I felt really good about them. And that handyman might've told you, hey, it's gonna take a week's worth of time. These repairs are only gonna be $1,000. But once they get it under contract, once they're working with you, they're extending that timeline. Now it's went from one week to three weeks. 
And oh, all of a sudden these costs are going to be $4,000 instead of $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen it all. We've been through it all, especially when mm -hmm. we first got started with our, our rehab. So I think it's really, it's just like any other relationship. It's like, you gotta tiptoe your way in. And we typically work with handyman, like Jay said, not like licensed contractors. So it's just about building that relationship, giving them a couple things, making sure that they do what they say they're gonna do. The quality of their work is you know, up to our standard and that our communication is, is good. And once we feel like we're building trust, we can give them more and more. But until then we kind of tiptoe our way with different handyman. Makes sense. And are you finding them on like Yelp? Yeah, all over online. Referrals are the best, but we'll find them online as well. Yeah, Yelp, Craigslist, referrals from different park managers, you know, plenty of options out there. Mm -hmm. And how has COVID affected the business, if at all? Yeah, surprisingly, you know, well, not surprisingly, you know, the affordable housing crisis is not going anywhere, right? And with COVID and everything that's going on, people are in a situation where they're transitioning. And, you know, sometimes they have to either sell quickly because maybe they lost their jobs or whatever the case is. So those families in mobile home parks have to sell quickly. And there's other families that need to downsize and they need to get into a more affordable option because they can't afford what they once were able to afford. So it's honestly been helping our business because now there's just a lot more movement in the market and you know people are in the, the demand is only going up for these homes and um, a lot of the families that were affected you know as far as their jobs and careers were the blue collar families that were working in factories that were working in restaurants beauty salons and a lot of those families do live in mobile home communities. So it, it has shaken up some things, but from, you know, the uh, response we've gotten and from our students is that, you know, people are just more motivated now. Gotcha. That's so interesting. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about your guys' YouTube channel because I know you guys are very popular on YouTube. Like I mentioned before we started the interview that my girlfriend is a pretty big fan of you guys. But before that, I want to go over just what we covered over the mobile home side. So, uh, first things first, if they want to get started, obviously check out your guys' channel, check out your guys' course. Second thing is to start maybe a direct mail campaign or to maybe contact with other students who are in those locations that you want to invest in. Purchase prices are going to be between free to maybe $5,000 for a mobile home. And then you can decide what to do with it. You can either do some basic repairs. It might cost you five dollars to $10,000. Hopefully when you sell it, you're going to make around $10,000 of profit for these mobile homes. Yep just to uh, keep it in a, a ballpark range. And then the way you can sell it is there are some websites that sell mobile homes off market. And then the buyer can decide to either keep it in the lot or they can move it to another lot to the community where they prefer. What do you think I missed in that quick summary? Man, yeah. All you missed was like the, the number to contact you to buy your course. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you, you hit the, the nail right on the head. I think, you know, it's really about understanding your market, being open to this opportunity, understanding that, you know, affordable housing is in high demand, especially in California. Mm -hmm. So that just creates so much opportunity for so many people that are looking to get into this niche. So you're, you're right on, on the, you're right on the target. I, I don't think there's much else mm -hmm. that you missed. <laughs> it's funny because like you said, like the concept is simple, but I'm sure going through the process itself is not easy. And that's where the grit and determination really come through. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So let's talk about your YouTube channel. I know it's very popular with over 20,000 subscribers and you guys are helping out you know, these thousands of people all across the country. Do you want to talk about 
like why you decided to go on YouTube and how you managed to grow your channel at such an exponential rate? We decided YouTube just because, you know, when we started out, where did we go? We went straight to YouTube. Usually most of the time when individuals are trying to learn something new, uh, and not necessarily going to Facebook or not going to Instagram, Snapchat, definitely not TikTok. Uh, <laughs> they are going to YouTube and they're literally typing in things that they want to learn. So we decided like, hey, for those items that, you know, subjects that people are looking up anyways, you know, we need to create some content for them so that, you know, when they're looking for it, it's right there spot on in real time. And, you know, we're able to give them what they want in real time. Yeah. And it's been such a blessing. We're so grateful to have the response that we have from so many people on YouTube. We get messages all day, every day with people that are like, I've never thought of this. Like, <laughs> what? Now I'm seeing mobile homes everywhere. So um, it's just really cool to be able to open up people's minds to this opportunity and just share the knowledge that we've gained over the, over the years. We're like, man, we have too much in here. We need to let it out somewhere. And that's a good outlet for us. That's awesome. I noticed that you guys mostly do live streams. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. done a lot of live streams recently so recently. we can interact. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the, the best part because, you know, we I feel like we've put a ton of content on YouTube. We've answered all the questions that we have, but people are always asking us new questions. So yeah. it's, it's good to be able to interact with them. Yeah. It, it wasn't really like we wanted real time engagement. And the cool thing about live is you actually get that. And people feel like they get that much more of a connection with you, that much, that much more closer to you because you're act interacting with them in real time versus taking, you know, 24 hours or even a few days just to respond to a comment. Makes sense. And how often are you doing these lives and how long do they go for? We're usually going for, you know, about, you know, 30 minutes up to about 45 minutes with our lives just because we like to engage a lot. And we usually go on live once per week, somewhere between Wednesday and Friday each week. Nice. What are some of the most common questions that you get during your live sessions? I think the question on how much does it cost to get started comes up quite a bit um, because people see the numbers, right? And they're like, can I really do this for, you know, under $5,000 or how much does it cost here? So that question comes up quite a bit. Yeah. Also, you know, how can I get started? You know, <laughs> when can I get started? How can I join? We get that question a ton. We also get a bunch of questions about, you know, repairs, you know, what repairs should be, should be done. How do I locate different parks in my community around me? And then when I do locate them, how do I tell what type of like rating it is? And then we get a lot of how to, you know, talk to and bring value to different park managers in the communities I am driving. Great. Sounds like all the questions that I asked you guys earlier today. So I'm asking all the yeah. same questions. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I probably missed the one about rating. What is that? So basically with uh, mobile home parks, whoever owns the community, there are some people that actually take pride in ownership. There's other ones that are just trying to, you know, collect cash from, you know, whoever's, you know, living in the community. So we usually rate star rate parks in between one star up to five star. The five star communities, those are the ones that look like, you know, regular single family home, single family neighborhoods. You know, they've got gates and they've got paved roads. You don't see any trash, no debris. They've got great amenities like pools, playgrounds, basketball courts. You know, um, they have activities going on in the community. But the one-star communities, they're just not taken care of, to be honest. Like, you'll see the roads aren't paved. They can use some work, see a lot of trash and debris. You'll, you definitely won't see gates. You'll see, like, graffiti posted around. You'll see a lot of vacant homes in the community. A lot of the homes are also very run down. 
and they don't have any amenities within the community. Yeah, we, we try to stay away from the one and two star communities. Those are not typically, especially if we're going to hold the property or keep it in the, in the park. We don't really work in those communities. We try to stick to the three, four and five star communities for our, our investments. This is like an unofficial rating that you guys created, right? Yeah, yeah we okay. have a little rating system that we train on. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so what's next for you guys? For us, uh, we're actually expanding into land. So we've got uh, four coaches on our team. They handle a lot of the support on top of the support that we provide as well. We want to expand more. We want to help them be able to add another stream of income to their portfolio outside of mobile homes and parks. And we're simply tired of working with you know investors that have land, that buy our homes, move the home to the land and make a killing on it. And uh, they're eating up all the profits and just giving us a small piece of the pie. So we're embarking on that, partnering with our coaches on that project, as well as um, we've got a couple students out in the Phoenix area, Jasmine and John. We're looking to transform our relationship. It's recently been more so like, you know, student and mentor type of relationship. But now we're looking to expand our mobile home investing business with partners now. And so they're going to come on as partners. We're going to look to kind of like streamline our processes bring on more students into our program, create a cookie cutter process that we can duplicate in multiple cities. Do you guys have any thoughts about investing in mobile home parks? Right now we've seen, you know, we've actually met a lot of mobile home park owners. We've um, been inside of mobile home parks that have been purchased by new owners. And to be honest with us, you know, it's just something that we don't desire right now. We'd rather, you know, invest in, in land and continue to expand, go deeper on what we're already currently doing with mobile home investing because there's a ton of opportunity just in that and the, the cash flow opportunity that that parks presents it's great but there's a lot of work and due diligence and management that it's going to take in order to get that and you know we just don't desire that at this point at least within the next year you know has a couple of people who do land investing on my show and it seems like the process is kind of similar to how it is for mobile homes where the people that are selling it are generally less educated and they honestly don't want the land. That's where it comes down to. They inherited it, that they pay property taxes, they have no use for it. So they don't mind selling it for 25 cents on the dollar. Exactly. So I can see how it's similar. Exactly. And a great thing about land investing is you don't necessarily have to leave your home. You can do a transaction from the acquisition all the way down to the disposition, all from the comfort of your home. So we love that aspect of the a form of investment. Yeah, and you put the land and the mobile home together, man. Yeah, so and they're, they're, I mean, mobile homes in general are in such high demand when they come with their own private lot, they're, the demand just goes even more through the roof. Mm -hmm. So uh, we just see the big picture there. We, we have to get on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Jane Samara, this has been an amazing podcast. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you guys know about mobile home investing. Do you guys have any last minute tips that you'd like to give our listeners before we end our show today? Yeah, we got a couple of tips. First thing is, you know, always educate yourself with any form of investing. Don't be afraid to, you know, utilize YouTube, utilize Google. Just get familiar with that subject as much as possible. Second thing is, don't be afraid to take action with that information that you're learning. You know, you don't necessarily have to wait until you find a mentor to take action. You know, you can start um, applying those things that you're learning, but when you're ready to, you know, get more and more results, that's where I would find someone that you resonate to that has the results you're looking for. You just take that blueprint, apply it in your field, 
and boom, you know, you'll start to uh, slowly but surely get to the uh, the short and long-term goals that you're looking yeah. for. And, and I'll just add on there, you know, leverage other people. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something that in the beginning, we're like, we're going to do this all on our own. <laughs> and then when we started really leveraging other people's money, knowledge, experience, their time, that's when things really started to grow for us. And so that's why we preach that to so many of our students too not be afraid and not be so single-minded in competition that you're afraid to collaborate and really expand yourself. So be open to learning from others and sharing with others and growing with others because that's really what's been the most successful process for us and a lot of the students we teach. Great. And how can people get in contact with you or learn more from you guys? Yeah, so our YouTube channel is the best way to get in touch with us. It's youtube.com slash trailer cash academy. That's cash with a C. <laughs> and definitely check out a ton of our free trainings on there. And if you have any, you know, specific questions, you can email us at info at trailercashacademy.com and we'll do our best to get back to you. Perfect. Well, Jane Samarit, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate having you guys on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank we you appreciate so it. Much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a review to get updated when the latest episode comes out. A brief summary of this podcast can be found in the show notes at everythingrei.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next one. Take care. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It will only take a second, and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day.